you. And then Chai says, boy, if it makes you feel better, I already tell you, you're better than Altido, dog. going on beautiful people it's your boy tito and welcome to another episode of maintain the design today i got two dope guests in the building one is a sneaker enthusiast and freelance writer and the other is an underground mc that took 2019 by storm pat faded and joshua dunn what's going on my brothers oh hey, what's up? What's up? are you guys the design baby oh yeah <laughs> how you guys been eh i've been good man i've been good oh. just been working yeah, man. Like honestly, it's been um, it's been a crazy year. Like, how have you guys actually navigated this whole pandemic situation and whatnot? Um, um, for me, I, if, Pat, do you want to go first? No, no. Josh, Josh can start us off. Okay, so basically, with me, man. Like before this pandemic started, I was just like writing, you know, just working on my blog, trying to tell my story from a perspective of a colored boy growing up with shoes and stuff like that. And then yeah. during this pandemic, it just made me think that maybe I should start, you know, recording my content and just like making videos of it, you know? And then yeah, yeah. that's where the Steak of Art was born, you know? And mm, mm, where mm. I could where I could review shoes and just show people classic shoes that I like, that, you know, yeah, yeah. rare shoes as well as, you know, shoes that anybody can get, you know? So that's just been my journey during this whole pandemic. And I mean, it's, yeah. been, a, it's been a really positive journey. I don't think, I, yeah. per, I personally don't think I would have started it if it wasn't if it for the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty yeah, much yeah. been my journey with this thing, man. Yeah. And yourself, Pat? Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think, but a, but a sweet, uh, yeah. you know, 20, 2019, like you said, was, was a good year for me creatively. Yeah. Um, because of that, I I hoped on continuing that momentum. Yeah, and part of my way of continuing that momentum was by developing a team. So I developed a team of videographers. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in Makanda, where I lived, I lived with my flatmates, uh, mm-hmm. and I planned out a whole video rollout for the year. Yeah. So COVID basically fucked all those plans up, bro. Because yeah. everyone dispersed and I had to like re rethink what my strategy was. Yeah. But on the same time, I think what has been good for my arts is that I've 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 really worked on my physical health this year. And mm-hmm. the lockdown has really helped me like improve. I'm in a I'm in a better space physically. And I think it's giving me a bit more clarity about, about in my in my head, which is gonna yeah. have positive effects on the music. And also mm-hmm. um, my manager and I have had more time to plan now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the shit is is in the planning. Like a lot of cats just wanna rap, 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 rap. Mm-hmm. But it, it becomes evident that there's 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 no uh method behind the madness. So no, I yeah, think yeah. uh health and planning for my brand and my career has been a blessing in disguise due to, due to the pandemic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you said like, um, 
it fucked up a lot of your plans. Like what's been on my mind a lot lately, especially yeah. with regards to like uh, musicians and artists and stuff like that is like, yeah, if you earn revenue, bro, like for bookings, first of all, yeah. and also like understand like you can record music and make music with someone when you're not together. But I feel like um, being together in the same space and feeding off of each other's energy just takes the music to the next level. So how have, how have you been able to navigate that aspect of, of, of your craft? Uh, yeah, look, like you said, there's some guys that won't work with you at all unless you're in the studio with them. Um, yeah. For example, I was supposed to have uh, done a couple with Tsukuru. Oh, yeah? And Tsukuru has a strict policy for most of his artists that you have to work with them in the studio. Yeah. So, you know, that messed up the Tsukuru plans. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to meet with Ginger Trill mm. uh, in uh, in Porches Strom to record with him live in the studio yeah. uh, for the purposes of, you know, because if you, if you get a big guy like that on the phone, we were talking, you want to you want to make make sure that you know you establish a relationship dog there's no point us doing if we just hit a a a a a a a feature i give you your price there's a risk that we'll never speak again dog very I mean, transactional but unfortunately yeah. i don't know if i rubbed him off the wrong way with that phone call but uh he didn't he didn't like the idea of, of meeting in the studio understandably because of like health reasons and shit yeah. like that. He doesn't know me. I could be moving with COVID and shit. And also yeah, at yeah, that true. time there was uh 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 lockdown regulations, etc. Um so it, it has made it has made things a bit difficult, bro. So I've just I've just moved inward. I've just mm. think, thought about stuff. Okay, how how can I work by myself yeah um and i've done things like me and my manager have started to build a studio i've got almost a complete setup now we've been putting in money together month by month um i've been looking at things like mixing and mastering i've been reading up on marketing and business ideas i've been looking at a lot of the ways i can make myself resourceful so in terms of the team thing yeah it's it's really it's really uh, knocked the collaborative nature of music, bro. I just wanna, I just wanna chime in there. Do you yeah. think? Do you think you you would have focused on those other aspects if it wasn't for this whole pandemic? You know, nah, no, certain, you know, certain things. You know, sometimes when certain things are booming, we kind of put things to to the into the background where where those things could be important. You know. And like you'll find out that maybe in the future, you having learned all of these things that you're learning now during this pandemic about the business side of of the music industry and you sourcing out yeah. your studio, you know that could save you a lot of a lot of time in the in the long run. You know, so you're absolutely it's, right. It's, it's a it's it's, it's, right. it's sort of like a it's sort of like a blessing in disguise, man. It's like the same thing. Like aha, I was saying like you know how COVID yeah. has has kind of pushed a lot of people to start their creative journeys that they were too scared or too busy to do. Yeah, when facts, we were, facts. When we were living free, you know? No, that's facts, bro. Honestly. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it in a way where I'm, I'm uh, 
I'm bitter. You know, that's why I said bittersweet. So I think the sweet side of it is, is that you're right, bro. And also, bro, I'm a student. So I think academically, it's taken me away from the noise, dog. Facts. Yeah, you still. Yeah, it's it's really helped Mm. me. Like, you know, a lot of rappers that try to do this thing, they fail, bro. Yeah, definitely, bro. Especially, yeah. Especially when you have um, multiple responsibilities and you can't find a way to balance everything out, I think. Bruh. Yeah, look, I think, I, I think like in any situation when you're trying to perfect your craft, man, like it's hard, it's hard to focus on other aspects of your life when you're trying to perfect that specific craft that you're trying to do for the rest of your life, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, bro. And, and, and Josh, bro, every time I see you, it's like your, your fashion sense or your style is leveling up, bro. Hey, man, it's just all these influences, man, that I just, hey, man, like, it's so weird how I can just, I'll pick, like, like a, a certain piece from what I, I see someone wearing and try and make it into my own, man. Like, even today, yeah. I'm wearing a sundown soccer jersey and it's tucked in with my chinos and my foot. Yeah. Like I swear, I've seen that look probably pulled off by like my uncles, you know? And yeah. And like, I think with my maturity, with the fashion, with my fashion and stuff like that, like I've got, to, I've got to a stage where, you know, like I wear what I want to wear. I don't wear things to be like, Oh, are people going to think I'm cool if I wear that? You know, yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. we all go through that phase when we like when we're younger, man. We're like, oh, I'm gonna wear this thing because maybe people are gonna fuck with me now because I'm wearing yeah. shit, you know. But like when you when you when you when you get to a certain age, I, I wouldn't say certain. Let me not say certain age, but like a certain maturity level, and you're comfortable mm. with how you express yourself. That's when you'll see a lot of people actually start fucking with you or just be like, oh. Shit, that's Josh. He's the only yeah, one. Yeah. He's the only one that will pull it off, you know. Because like you'll get, mm. I get like a lot of a lot of situations where, you know, I'll get mates that'll DM me on Instagram and be like, "Oh, this this shit is you. This is all you." I I can only see yeah. you pulling it off, you know. Which is yeah. which is definitely not a bad thing. It's like even like when like say if someone's new, someone's maybe someone's new to the squad or like. I go and meet one of my mates' family members and they mm. and they ask you and they go ask you, dude, what is your friend wearing? And then your response is just like, yo, that's just Josh, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just him. That's just how he is. And like, that's, and I think once I got to that space, man, I just think my fashion game and everything else just started leveling up. Bro, yeah. I'm wearing nah, a that- shirt you bought me right now, bro. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, cause cause I was about to say, bro. Like, I won't lie. Since I met you, bro, like you've always kind of been into fashion. O- obviously, like it's grown over your your interest has grown and your style has improved and your knowledge on on fashion. I don't want to just say sneakers, but fashion in in general has has grown over the years. Um, where would you say like all of this started, and where did your passion for 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 sneaker culture and fashion and stuff like that. Where where was that developed, bro? Where did it start? Can you talk on that? I think it probably developed when I, like from a young age, growing up in a colored area, I grew up mm. in Green Park in Durban. You know, just like seeing my cousin's dress, you know, like you don't necessarily notice these things, but there's like in a subconscious, you know, like when I could get to a point where I could tell my mom, 
what I wanted to wear, what brands I wanted mm. my mom to get me. But it was always a brand that I saw my cousin wear. So let's say from grade six, grade seven mm. is when I had more influence on what my mom would get me. You know, she'd ask me, yeah. okay, we'll go to Edgar's and like, what would you want me to, to get you? And I mean, like back in the day, I think probably 2007, 2006, um, in the colored areas, Echo was a, Echo was a huge brand. Where I grew up, Echo, it was the shit. Like that's an Jack Purcell, your superstars, your Nike Cortez, even your Timberlands, bro. It was like mm-hmm. a, it was like a staple thing. And like, you know, I didn't notice that, but like, and now when I look back on my influences, I can really pinpoint like, okay, 2006, 2007 is when I told my mom, these are brands I want to wear. And probably before that, me just seeing my cousins rock the shit out of these brands, bro. And then, yeah, yeah. and then, um, and then, yeah. And then obviously like from grade eight to grade nine, when I moved to Joburg, like different influences influenced my fashion. I was introduced to different brands, different, different way of wearing clothes, you know? So it's all influences. I can, I suppose Pat can even like, let you know, like, a lot I was of, even I about to ask. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Like, Pat, bro, this guy, Josh, yeah? Mm. Like, when we were back in high school and we were still growing up. Yeah. Like, this guy would tell you, like, if his mom was taking him to buy sneakers on the weekend, you'd yeah. know about it for the week before he was buying them and the week <laughs> after. And two weeks after that, bro. Like, yeah. So yeah, I, was, yeah. I was about to ask you, like, bro, what's your earliest memory? Uh, of, of Josh fashion-wise? Yeah. Uh, Josh has always been that guy, bro. I mean, I remember like there was this, uh, dog, Josh was in grade seven and there was this, uh, there was this, there was Was this grade seven dance. Yeah. There was this hip hop, uh, uh, like clothing store. I think was it by the workshop. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. And I think Josh cocked himself. I don't know if it was from this store. Like this, mm-hmm. Josh had one of those digital display belts, homie. Oh yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he had like a, a digital, <laughs> a digital display belt. Uh, and uh, you know, that's when I was like, "Yo, man, this dude, this dude's really extra. Like this dude, really, you know, he likes to pull <laughs> out, bro." My uncle's wedding in the hood, like. I was about maybe like 13, I think. I was about maybe 11, 10, maybe. Uh, yeah. Josh was like the only nigga there in like an all-white suit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So, you know, this guy like from a young age, bro, from a young age. But uh, I used to rock, even in one of my songs, uh, one of my first collaborative mixtapes mix called Time. Yeah. I said yeah. uh, there's this bar when I was like, uh, sometimes it's dangerous when you play it safe. I used to rock my cousin's hand-me-down bathing apes. Yeah. And uh, those were Josh's apes, dog. Josh is the first guy I knew to ever rock bathing ape, bro. He had like a bathing ape like back when he was in Durban, dog. So this man, like, I always knew Josh was a fashion guy, right? Yeah. But I only think... I don't know if George can agree with me um, on this one, but I only think 
he started to embrace it as actually part of his identity, mm. like later on in his life. Do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Facts. Yeah, facts. It's like Josh was a guy that yeah. liked clothes, but you know what I mean? That wasn't like who Josh is just a guy that dressed nice. You know what I mean? I don't think he ever understood yeah. it as this is like really central to part of his identity. So, like, so to see him actually, like, I was very proud when he started blogging. And before we started like doing the blog, even the way he started to curate his Instagram for yeah. me was uh, a sign that he started to be intentional about his uh, his creative expression. So I think that's 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 what where I can answer. That's the best way I can answer that. Yeah, and like it's very interesting that you that you say that you know that he he used to love it like genuinely, but de- like it developed over the years as it progressed. And to be honest. I'm not shocked that he took the route that he took and he is where he mm-hmm. is now. But to be honest, bro, I'm kind of shocked that you took the the music route, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Took me on that journey because like, yeah. obviously like, you know, when someone tells you like, yeah, I make music and whatnot, you're just like, I dope. But it doesn't really sink in until the person actually starts playing you their music yeah. and you actually start making your own person, you know, having your own personal opinions about what you think about it. So, yeah. bro, in all honesty, I was shocked when you were like, when you told me I wasn't shocked, but like when I actually heard the content and the music, that's when I was like, oh, damn, this guy's talented. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, talk me, talk me on your journey, bro. Like, where did you start? Like, how uh, did your, your... Shit, man. Um, I think, look, I think fashion and hip hop, me and Josh have a similar relationship with it. Yeah. In the sense that uh, I always, everyone that knows me knows I always love rap, dog. Always loved rap. From like when I was four years old, I had this uh, Sony Walkman. Yeah. And uh, we had, uh, 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 like, you know, we used to have like a lot of blank CDs. You know, the era of blank CDs, we used to burn CDs. Put Shout, out yeah, Nero yeah. On Shout out Nero. <laughs> yeah, Nero. 2002 hits. Something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I used to listen to yeah. like, uh, back then, like a lot of Eminem and four or five. I used to love Eminem and like four or five years old. Uh, yeah. And then I went to uh, 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 London for the first time at 10 years old. And I kept on asking my parents, I want an MP3 player. I want an MP3 player. Because, you know, MP3 players were the shit back then, bro. If you couldn't yeah. have gobs for the iPod, the MP3 player was the next. My sister had an iPod, but I got an MP3 player, I guess, because I was young. You cop those ones that are like 256 megabyte MP3. Those young ones. Yeah, 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 I, mean, yeah, yeah no. I actually had a 1GB. I had a 1GB. <laughs> so like nah, you're heavy. You're heavy. <laughs> He's a big dog. He's a big dog. Also, in London, my parents bought me this uh, this, MP, this, uh, this MP3 player, my first one. I bought many afterwards because, you know, you lose those things, those things break. But Boy. yeah. Uh, my cousins, Annie and Rowena, yeah, uh, put on like all this, like notorious BIG, all this mm. Tupac. And I, we can't listen, like, growing up, we couldn't listen to swearing music in the car, right? Yeah, no, so having, having an MP3 player allowed you to listen to swearing music. So I think mm. it was the song Notorious Thugs by Notorious BIG. That made me fall in love with with hip hop, dog. And I'd never yeah. ever heard it before. She put it on my MP3 player. But from then on, uh, my life, I, I fell in love with hip hop, bro. And 
what re- really got me into rapping was uh, was my love for poetry. Like my mom was a poet. Uh, she yeah. was reciting poetry uh, that she Crazy. liked in school. She was, uh, and I, uh, I, I was always entering poetry writing competitions in school and stuff like that. Uh, I got published quite a few times. I used to fuck around with a bit of raps, like 13, 14, but nothing serious, dog. Like I recorded my first track on Virtual DJ. Uh, Shout out my, DJ. Yeah, with my homie Kyle Dispoza <laughs> in uh, in this colored area in a place in Eswatini called like Manzini. Yeah. And we uh what we did was, you know, there was that uh what's that song by 50 Cent? 21 questions. Oh yeah. So we downloaded the the 21 questions instrumental from WAP Trick, right? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then we uh we we wrote the raps on, on, on pen and paper and yeah. then we recorded the raps on our phones and then we put the, the rap the rap file into the virtual DJ mixer and we merged it so it became a track. That's actually the first rap song I ever did. When yeah. I was, what year was that? Well, I was 14 years, I was, I was 13, 14 years old, so this must have been 2010, Year of the World. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I still wasn't really taking like you know the art seriously. So when I started writing uh, properly, it was in uh, it was in the year twenty twelve. There was yeah. this American girl from uh, New Mexico because I went to international school, and she mm. started this uh, spoken word poetry club. Yeah. And I was never a guy that really committed to everything. You know what I mean? I was kind of like still trying to figure out. It took a long time to figure out who I was as a young this man. Is still, sorry, Pat. This is still when you had Waterford, right? Yeah. So this is when I was at okay. Waterford. This is 2012. Um, yeah. And I lived on campus because my, my, da- my dad is a deputy principal at, at my high school. So where this club happened to be was literally a 30, 30 meter walk from my house. Yeah. But crazy. I tell you. I walked into the spoken word thing and I, I always thought it'd be something that I was familiar with, but it was totally different and it was totally up my alley, bro. And look, I wasn't much of a sports guy. So I'm not, unlike Josh, like I never saw like, like massive or even you, like I never saw like massive success on the sports field. So like yeah, yeah. I never really found my place in high school. But dude, as soon as I walked in here and I started, like I did my first poem, like everyone was like, yo, dog. Like, you're so good at this shit. The spoken yeah. word shit. Like, you're so good at it. And that's what I did. I just did, like, a hell of a lot of spoken word. Hell of a lot of spoken yeah. word. And I became, like, a spoken word legend at my high school, dog. Like, no cap. I became, These like, are known. These are facts. Uh, like, you know, as the guy that really, like, transformed it um, to another level. Like, so then, towards the end of high school, my spoken word started to evolve. I started to realize, because I always did music. I played guitar. I did music as a subject in school. My dad was very musical. My sister played piano. Your whole family, pretty much. Yeah. Whole family very musical. So uh, I'd always do my spoken word stuff over beats, eventually. Yeah, yeah. Over like, you know, little like drum beats, like dub poetry style. Uh, One time I got the entire school choir to sing the bass line, to hum the bass line of Drake's Girls Love Beyonce. 
mm-hmm. and I performed a poem over this like 20, 20 person choir doing Crazy. that. So Crazy. musicality was always part of my poetry. Uh, yeah. I went to the, but I didn't, you know, but I didn't think I was cool enough to be a rapper. I'd rapped mm-hmm. here and there in 10 people's studios, but like, I always thought I wasn't gangster enough or like cool enough. You know what I mean? Uh, it was very much out of my comfort zone. But then I went to college in the United States, right? Yeah. I get to Missouri. Uh, unfortunately, I land in a college where it's dope, but it's a sports college, bro. There's not much of a, a creative scene there. It's like yeah. the, 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 the guys that are like football players and soccer players are like the end thing. You feel me? Yeah. And then like yeah. the creatives are just on the side. But fortunately, I get into my suites in my freshman my freshman block and my dude, one of the dudes that's there went to it to an, another international college in Lesotho called Macha Beng. And yeah. it turns out just like me, he was the president of his poetry club in high school. Just like I was the president of my poetry club in Waterloo. Yeah. But unlike me, this dude also rapped. He had mm-hmm. like a couple of tracks recorded. And so basically we'd freestyle every weekend. And that's actually how I started learning how to rap. In yeah. the case. So we'd freestyle like every weekend. And then I guess things didn't work out in the States. I decided it wasn't my vibe. I decided that my creative identity was also very important to me. And subconsciously I knew that I'd have a better chance establishing a creative path in South Africa yeah. where I can tell authentic stories and I can, you know, mm-hmm. uh, than mm-hmm. I would in the States because yeah. I always moved around a lot, bro. And I never really had uh, a central location to tell a story from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted my story to make sense. So grounding myself back in SA allowed me to locate myself in a narrative. Do you understand? Yeah. So when I got to Rhodes University, which is a crazy creative scene, bro. It's like everyone's creating from like photographers to videographers, to radio presenters, to rappers. I I decided these people aren't going to know me as a poet. I'm a getcha and I'm a rap. I'm going to be Pat Pat Fader that raps. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just basically how it started, dog. I just fell yeah. in love with it. And I pra- I freestyled every day. I rapped over gang beats. The first track I put out on SoundCloud, on my own SoundCloud, got like a thousand plays in like two, three days. And yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. Obviously, I'm, I'm good at this shit. And it's... And people fuck with your shit. That's the thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's you know, it's a long journey, but I think that, that's how I can summarize it. That's pretty much, you know how that that yeah. shit ended up happening bro yeah nah that's very interesting bro especially like the part that you're saying like in terms of Rhodes's cultural activity i didn't know that it was that big of a thing you know what i mean yeah uh, i didn't bro. know Rhodes was like the culture uh, had a cultural aspect or a strong cultural aspect dude, yeah dude the only thing, I, only thing i knew about Rhodes is that like niggas can drink there dude that's literally yeah. <laughs> you know like when i first when i first heard about Rhodes, i suppose like you know, from your older your older siblings. I knew that my brother's friends had gone to Rhodes and like I just knew that, oh, oh shit, 
if you want to learn how to drink and get a degree, you yeah. go roads. But like when Patrick went there, <laughs> like he honestly opened my eyes to a lot more to what Rhodes has to offer. Like, for example, the creative side and how how big the creative community is that side, you know? So Yeah, yeah. 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 Nah, that's crazy. To be that's honest, crazy. I didn't even expect it, bro. Like Rhodes was just like, from the minute I walked in, dog, like my sub warden, who is now uh, my manager, my head students, when I walked into my first year of Rhodes, is my manager. Yeah. He manages me now. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the minute I walked in there, bro, uh, I, I got into my res late. Um, and this dude came to knock on my door. And I thought I was in trouble for something. Because I just come from the States where you can't make too much noise. Like the the the, the system was very rigid in your first year. So I, I was yeah, just yeah. like a kid. So this dude knocked on my door. And he was like, I was like, he's like, can you come in? I was like, what do you want? Like cautiously. He's like, no, man, just don't worry. Just, just let me in. And he's like, uh, look, I overheard you saying it was your birthday and we never got to celebrate with you because you got late. So here's yeah. a bottle of wine for you, homie. Welcome to Rhodes. Dope. Crazy. So gave me like a 1.5 liter bottle of Robinson's, a fat one. And I was <laughs> Crazy. Like, what an introduction. I am in the right place, bro. But, uh, <laughs> literally, I'd never, I've never, like I became a radio presenter, got into TV presenting, formed up part of a, a big like rap community so i think like the my growth as a rapper i, I definitely attribute to like that community bro um yeah. you know and like the competition dog there's so many fucking rappers like yeah, yeah yeah just so many rappers that you just want to get like good and like be the best and creators yeah. are respected in the community as well so you know when yeah. there's like a bit of clout there's always a bit of like incentive do you know what i mean yeah. Yeah, so it's nah, kind of like definitely, bro. Yeah. Now nah, shout out to Rhodes. Shout out to Rhodes, man. Yeah, shout out to yeah. Rhodes. If it wasn't for Rhodes, we wouldn't have Pet Faded. Dog, oh, their contribution ass, to it, but like, nah, shout out. No, I did ask, bro. I, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest, dog. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was about to walk walk into. It yeah. blew it blew me away, bro. Even like, dude, I didn't even know. You know, do you know who Tsukuru is? Uh I've heard of him. I've do heard you, of him. Do you know New Edison? Yeah, I went to I, I went to varsity with them actually. Yeah, Shout the guy that yeah yeah the guy that produces all news tracks. Yeah, is a he's a he's a he's a law lecturer at Rhodes. Crazy. Yeah, and my boy Gaz, when I was coming up, like in the rapping, I was moving. Gaz was like, "Boy, Patty, my boy, I need you to teach Tiki, Tiki, I'm telling Tiki, boy, I'm like Gaz." Like, don't worry, don't worry. It's how Gaz talks. I was like, all right, dog, all right. <laughs> you know, and I never met this Tuki fella, dog. But then yeah. Josh, Josh sends me the link, and he's like, "Yo, dog, there's this cat at Rhodes. He makes crazy, crazy, like produces crazy. Uh, yeah, he goes by the name of Tsukuru." I'm like, yeah, yeah. Tsukuru, bro. I've never heard of this nigga. He gives me send, sends me his link, dog. And I'm like, yo, this guy's crazy. Then it hits me. Ah, Tsukuru. You know this nigga. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talking about it. until this day I hadn't met Tsukuru. But yeah. that's just how big the community is. 
you get a guy who's as big as Tsukuru, uh, but we didn't even know about him. Yeah. Our dudes didn't even know about him. And in such a small place, that's how many creatives there are. It's like, it's like literally like ridiculous, bro. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, shout out to Rose for that, man. Sincerely. Nah, that's, that's really, really dope, bro. Yeah. Interesting to know, actually. And obviously, like the two of you, like I said, you guys are basically brothers. Yeah. And Did you've I? seen each other's, you've seen each other's journeys from the beginning. Um, Josh, you can go first. How would you say that you guys have influenced each other's journeys, regardless of the fact that you guys are pursuing different crafts? How would you guys say you've influenced each other on your I guys' think, journeys? I think, I think we've always, I think we've always tried to help each other out in whatever, I think like in whatever way, I think, you know, in terms of like influencing each other, I think, I think there was a stage, I don't know if it was Pat when you were in first year and I was in maybe like second year, third year, I think like, you know, we yeah. were, we were, we were both like coming into our own, but we were also mm. like struggling with a lot of other things like, you know, with our mental health and, other mm. issues like that and like yeah. we, would, we would sort of sort of rely on each other you know we would become each other's pillars of strength you know if we we're going through something we would mm. express that with each other and and all of that you know and yeah since since we started doing that you know just being being very straight up with each other and being each other's supportive structure you know it was it allowed us to both a different kind of relationship now where we can now throw ideas at each other and yeah yeah like mm. be, be be each other's go-to person like say okay cool patrick pat will have like this new this new joint and you'll tell me how does it sound ask me how does it sound or he's mm. working on this new 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 um freestyle or he's working on the faded merch you know yeah 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 you're getting you'll get my opinion you know and like and like I would bounce some ideas and tell Patrick what I have going in the pipeline, what I and he yeah. and he would just come and be like, "Yo, yo, um, you must do this. You must go for it. Don't like, don't back down. It's no point in just like not doing it, you know." So I mean, mm. like, you know, and before that, faded can say like, you know, um, you know, our 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 relationship as cousins, you know, before we like before we got older, we didn't really talk as much about mm. our creative sides with each other when we were younger. Mm, we just, yeah. we just used to dude when we, were, when we were younger, like when I say 15 to 18, like 15 to 19 or 15 to 20, bro, we were just about, we were just about dollies and naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we all are at that age, as we all yeah, are bro. at that age. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I can, I can attest, you know, a lot, a lot to like uh, Josh's influence in my life. Um, specifically, I think coming to Joburg was mm. the best thing that could have happened to our relationship. Josh, yeah. Josh moved me to Johannesburg because, uh, one, because of close proximity. I was yeah. living in Swaziland. Uh, Joburg was a lot closer to Swaziland, you know? Three and a yeah. half hours, yeah. eh? Yeah, which means I could see Josh like a lot more. So I think though my high school was pretty dope, uh, Swaziland is still a very like small country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like very like conservative in terms of the stuff I would have been exposed to. So I think like moving with Josh and Joburg, 
uh, I started to see like urban culture. You know what I mean? Mm, mm, and yeah. like I started to look at young African people and a completely like like different light. So mm. I think I think Josh really helped me to like socially integrate into like Johannesburg culture. You know, yeah. The extent yeah. where a lot of cats used to think I was from Joburg. I even, uh, even like the, the 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 slang I started to use was different, bro. Yeah. <laughs> from, like, <laughs> no, Tito, man's man's even started using "hey, my guy." Yeah. Nah, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? I used to move with you, Oaks. You know what I'm trying to say? So yeah, I yeah. All the all the jo- the, the, the 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 Joburg lingo. I started saying things like "babs." And and all of that <laughs> before, like even in, in Swati niggas won that shit. You know what I'm trying to say? Call yeah, yeah. Dollies, babies, uh, <laughs> all that shit. But like beyond that, I think it really helped. Um, it made me like a, a an open minded person, and I think like Joburg makes you feel cool, dog. You know what I'm yeah, trying to yeah. say? That makes you yeah, feel nah, yeah, confidence, yeah. dog. Like being part of that, being able to identify with that culture. And I think it, yeah. it's helped me a lot with my music because I make like a lot of references to Johannesburg and a lot yeah, of yeah. culture. And uh, I think, I think, yeah. So I think Josh and and and, and Mars helped me understand South Africa a lot more. Yeah, and the yeah. young South African guy that moved away from uh, from from South Africa at a very young age it would have been very hard for me to integrate into South African society if mm. I didn't have people to help me understand what it meant to be a young South African. So I yeah. think be- largely because of Josh, uh, like I wasn't out of touch with what, where I was from, do you understand? Mm. And what no, young people you. were like from where I was from. So I think that that was a big saving grace for me. Even stuff yeah. like, as much as we used to like girls, bro, we used to listen to, to music, dog. But back then, funny enough, we were listening to a lot of hip hop, dog. We were listening to a lot of house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a lot of house, dog. We were listening to DJ Ken's Ultimix at Six. I remember when the, the Liquid Deep album came out. We went to musical, we bought that coffee. Uh, yeah. We were Even the parties yeah. we used to go to. Even the yeah. parties we used to go to. Yeah, like. You know? Uh, even some of the. You know, you, Josh told me how to step, even. It was <laughs> stepping gang. Yo, shout out, you know shout out Bizzle. Shout out Bizzle. You know shout out Chris. Yeah, so those all those all those influences, bro, all those stories are like still gonna come out, bro. And yeah. uh I think I think that's and I think yeah, I can lodge that's it. I, I remember uh I, I can also uh, uh agree with Josh in saying that I think the mental health aspect was 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 very important that we supported mm. ourselves, especially as people that create. A lot of people don't understand you, dog. You know? Yeah, true. It's yeah. like we just have a, a different, we have a different type of sadness. We have a different type of loneliness. And yeah. it's very important that uh, we can be there for each other and support each other. And yeah. uh, I think, I think that's, with me and Josh, it was always like that, bro. It was always love, dog. It was mm-hmm. never... Josh was never embarrassed about me, though, even though I was, like, this awkward kid from Swaziland. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> it's me to see the lodge when I was 14 with like all these white girls. <laughs> get me to on them, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't like steezy or cool, whatever, but like with Josh, it was, it was always, I used to like feed off his confidence. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, and eventually I became a very like confident guy and like very, mm. you know, I came into my own man. Yeah. But I yeah. think that's the greatest thing about, you know, some people have shit relationships with their families that there's jealousy or is like malicious intent. And I think with me and Josh, it was never like that, bro. We were yeah. all just like wanting to build each other up. And I think um, we're truly blessed because of that. But I remember yeah. one day, uh, one day I told Josh, I was like, yo, Josh, dog, I did ask think this is me. I wasn't even that good yet, but I just had a feeling I was dope. I told Josh, I was like, yo, dog, I think, I think I'm the best rapper in South Africa, dog. I feel like I'm going to be the best in this country. And then Josh says, boy, if it makes you feel better, I already tell you, you're better than Altito, dog. Wild. I'll never forget that, bro. But uh, look here we now, dog. Now we nationally tell yeah. him Nah, and that's really uh, dope, bro. And like, you know, like I just wanna, I just wanna add to what you said about the whole mental health aspect. Like, yeah. bro, I think people don't understand that changing, bro. Like the process of change and figuring out who you are. I've been yeah. going through that process like for almost a year now, and I can what? tell you, bro, it's draining, blood. Like the no, person, you know, being the person that you were, and 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 going to discover like the person that you wanna be. Bro, it's a painful process, bro. Like, it's not easy, you know? So yeah. I really love the fact that you guys were there for each other throughout your guys' journeys, you know? Yeah. It's a blessing because sometimes you need that person, you know, who's yeah. accountable for you, like a, an accountability partner in a sense to be like, yo, man, you know, don't worry about it. Stay focused and, you know, keep doing what you're doing because, bro, it's very, very easy, bro, to be influenced by outside society and forget about what your dream is. Oh, so, dog. Yeah. Oh, dog. Amen, dog. Can we say that again? Yeah, bro? yeah nah, for sure, you, bro. Like, you never forget that shit, bro. Like, you know, like even, even you, Teeds, I know you're the one who's supposed to be doing the interview, dog. I'm sure, like, there's a lot of guys who, like, they strike you as a, you know, a quiet guy, a reserved owner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, the, or the gym guy, maybe the herbal life guy. Maybe they never <laughs> yeah. think that you'd be the guy hosting an entire yeah. podcast, right? Yeah. Imagine that. But I remember, but I always, I always had a, I always, but I always had an association somehow with you being a creative oak because I remember you as a dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Yeah. Guy that used to crump, like people said, yo, Tato can crump. And I, yeah. that's crazy. Because back then, do you remember how cool crumping was, dog? My yeah, that was the wave. Squad. That was the wave. Oh my God. <laughs> back yeah. then, dog. It's crazy. Yeah, now we, we we've come a long way, man. We've really yeah. come a long way. Yeah. But I wanted to I wanted to touch on like oh, like what that thing about the mental health situation and all of that. You know, when when Faden and I were like going through our mental health issues, you know, it it, yeah. it like we were going through a phase like you know, you know, obviously we are not parents yet, but I think, you know, I think. It helped us. It helped me a lot. If I if I speak about myself, that I knew a person that was, you know, struggling mentally the same way I was struggling, 
you know, mm. someone who could, someone who could understand me and not judge me, you know. Mm. And I think that's mm. the, mm. and I think that's the important thing about about opening up to 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 someone who is kind, who, who understands mental health, because you know, uh, you know, God bless our parents, but you know. Our parents are not the best people to deal with mental health issues. They don't. Yeah, they, facts. They facts. Don't, but we they can't don't. blame them. It's their era as well. Yeah, you know? no facts, yeah. facts, facts, mm. and like, yeah. and like, um, they they try to understand, but mm. they don't. They don't fully grasp it because I I think maybe a lot of them weren't allowed to express their emotions as yeah as much as as much as we fight to express our emotions, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, our parents had to be so strong, man. I don't think they ever, they ever were allowed to, allowed yeah. to, 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 to feel what we feel. You know, just given mm. this, the, the, the situation they grew up in, and all of that shit. You know, so, you know, when I, when I first had my, my first mental breakdown, dude, I remember my dad saying, "Yo, it was." he kind of made it seem like it was my fault with that whole situation. And like, yeah. it took, it took, it took this whole man, like a week of realization and thinking about the whole aspect of what happened Yeah, to yeah. be like, Oh, Oh shit. It wasn't really his fault, you know, and he's going through mm. something hectically, you know? And that was like yeah. the first step that I think I took with my father and my, and my mom. Um, mm. Mm into understanding my mental health issues, you know? And ever since yeah. that day, you know, ever since that, I would say that day that my father realized that he was wrong and took the time to understand what was happening in my life and my mental state, I think that's where I kind of got to a level of understanding with my parents and my parents became way more supportive yeah. of, yeah, of bro. what I need and like, what my sister needs and what my and what my brother needs, you know. Yeah. So yeah. But mm. I think we, Amen. I think we, we, I think there's hope, bro. I think like we are educating ourselves more on mental health, and I can say as well, bro. Like even I have a younger sister; she's like nine years younger than me. But she even told me like when she was like sixteen that like, yo, I think I need to go and see someone, you know on a deal yeah. with A, B, C, and D. So the fact that she knew that at that age was like, whoa, you know, at 16, I wasn't thinking about my mental health. You bro, know? So, bro. Like, it, it's like, just, yes, yes, continue to eat. Yeah, so I was just saying, like, even, like, me dealing with my mental health, bro, has, 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 has really taken me a long way, even to the point where, like, I've gotten my moms to go see someone, like, you know? It really just changes your dynamic on how to deal with people and understand human beings, you know, and how to interact with them, you know, and also how to just know how to react to certain situations, you know, mm-hmm. and to also just like basically realize that sometimes things are not that intense, bro. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can figure everything out. Literally everything in this world or most things in this world have a solution, bro. Yeah. You know, I think we take, we take life too seriously sometimes. Dude, honestly, and I, and I wrote a song with that exact same message, bro. It was called It's mm. Not Your Time Yet. Yeah. And one of the lyrics was, look forward to your life, cuz. It's definitely not your time yet. Yeah. Meaning, like, you know, it's not your time to die. Like, don't kill yourself, bro. Don't quit on yeah, this nah. life. Dude. Like, there's so much life left for you to live. And yeah, fact, bro. depressive state can really do that to you, bro. Yeah. No, it can really, really make you feel like... There is literally no point in continuing. 
And yeah. it's so scary how isolating that feeling is. Because you you don't even realize that how quickly you could get there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Facts. Facts. It's like you can't do anything. You mm. can't get out of bed. You can't literally see, like, you know. Yeah, it's like, it cripples you, bro. It cripples you. It cripples you, bro. Like, yeah. it took me, you know, it took me a good, let's just say, the first depressive episode I had was with, before I left the United States. Uh, that's the first uh, 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 depressive episode I had. And they suggested that, you know, because I suffer, that time it was seasonal depression. So I'm not about it suffers. I, I live with ADHD, but I, I don't live with chronic depression, but I'm prone to uh, states of depression. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And the next depressive episode I had was in 2018. And that was the worst, like the worst. And that's a lot of time. 2018, I was talking a lot to Josh, bro. Mm-hmm. That was the worst. Wow, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like no, i hit i hit rock bottom like a motherfucker bro like mm. um i'd never experienced that level of sadness bro like but you know i came out of it a stronger person because i went yeah. to therapy i went to therapy i went to intense amount of therapy uh i had a girlfriend who was taught me how to be a better communicator thankfully mm-hmm. Told me about how much pain I was concealing inside, you know, because I always think that because I'm a t- I'm a conversational guy, it meant that I was a good communicator. And yeah, those are two you, completely different things. Those are two completely different things, bro. Two different things. Like I'm actually a guy that's not very good at expressing how he's how he feels, especially. It's weird. It's weird to express. It's weird, especially uh, if it's like about my emotions. I can talk about like intellectual topics or like topics about the world, or I can make, I can give you a bullshit version of how I'm feeling and make it sound dope. But a person who's good at communicating, it's not about being a skilled talker. It's about making a decision to be vulnerable, mm. you know? Facts, and facts, And that's facts. good communicators. People that can be like, I'm hurt. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm afraid. I'm feeling yeah. undermined, you know? Yeah, bro. I struggled. I struggled with with vulnerability for a long time, bro. And like, what happens? What happens when you actually don't become vulnerable in order for you to communicate your feelings? Is that it comes out in a negative way? So I used to get very aggressive, get into fights. Yeah, like you know all the all the toxic stuff. You know that we think that we think makes us men, but doesn't really actually make us men at all. Yeah, is 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 what like happens because you're bottling all this stuff up inside. You're trying to show everyone that you're you're this you're this tough guy. You're good. You know you you don't have any issues. You don't need to talk to anyone about anything. But nah, bro, we need to change that. As men, we need to normalize having conversations when we're not okay, being vulnerable, crying bro. if you need to cry, my nigga. Like whatever doesn't bro, matter. That's, that's real manhood. Let me tell you, bro. Because yeah. it's 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 easy. It's easy to lose your temper, dog. Very easy. Anybody can wild out, bro. Anybody can hit a nigga, bro. It's yeah. so hard to admit that I feel offended by what you have said. What you have yeah. said yeah. has made me feel that you don't value me as a person. What you have said has made me feel insecure or that I am less than you. Huh? Yeah. 
Dog. Nah, it's, t- it's tough. And you know what That's I've also difficult. realized is that niggas respect you more when you can do that, bro. No, no definitely. definitely. Because they, they're not expecting you to do that, bro. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, you were saying, bro. Yeah, and like, you know, you know, as niggas, you know, we we love to say, um, my boy, if there's a problem, you must tell me. You know, Yo, we, we love that thing, but we, we are, don't mean it. Yeah. We are men yet, but... Like like you were saying, it's I don't know what it is about pulling your boy to to the side, and you say it, hey, or like what you did was not cool, and I felt mm, like an mm. and this this that. But I think like the thing that we we kind of we kind of avoid um, is the fact that you might not get the response that you want after you express those yeah, feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're scared of how you're going to react to that now. like Precisely. You because then, you, can, you can tell a nigga like, hey, dude, like what you said was fucked up. I didn't appreciate it. And then the boy mm. can be... And then now the boy can feel like he's being attacked. And then he retaliates in a certain way. And then now, mm. now you guys are butting heads, you know? Where, yeah. like, where if I felt like we... <laughs> I think like it's also dealing with your emotions. You need to realize if someone if someone if someone comes to you and explains to them how they are feeling, it means that they have such a high amount of respect for you that yeah. they they are able to come to you and tell you that, yo, mm. this is how I'm feeling. And and you shouldn't take it as an attack. You should be like, you should be able to like literally digest what the person said and be like, oh, okay. I'm sorry I made you feel this way. Clearly, this was not my intention. And then you guys can move forward after having that conversation. But mm. but as but as, men, like, but as men, it's like it's like putting yourself in that in that in that vulnerable spot to open up and how you're feeling is mm. is mm. that is that curve that is the hard. Bro, it's the hard. Honestly, like if it wasn't for my last relationship, bro, I wouldn't have learned all of this shit, bro. That that communication shit, yeah, like, yeah, bruh. Like like my last girl, like, dog. I used to do that same shit, bro. Like she do something, and then I just wild out, bro. Mm. You know, I just wild out, dog. I just like react. Uh, the 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 aggression wouldn't warrant the act. Yeah, yeah. Do you it never does. It never does. Yeah. It never does. So, and that was because instead of being a man and telling her beforehand over little things she's been doing that she may not have even realized, I choose to wait to a point where I can't take it anymore. Mm, and then, mm. boom, yeah. I explode. Yeah. And I remember one time, dude, there was one event, one event where that happened. And I think I couldn't, I couldn't believe how angry I got at her, bro. I was afraid of myself. Like I didn't harm her physically, but I like, I turned up on her in public dog and I just mm. couldn't understand why, bro. Uh, mm. But, uh, you know, but eventually with therapy and her telling me like, yo dog, this is why this is happening. Like you need to tell me and you need to remember that I'm not your enemy, dog. Like, mm, I yeah. love you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was then when I started to realize what love was, bro. I started reading books on love. 
And I never really felt like pro- like serious love like that, dog. Because mm-hmm. a person that loves you wants to elevate you, homie. Facts. A person Facts. that loves you is not trying to like stab you in the back. And as niggas, we always ready to get stabbed in the back, bro. Always, bro. Always and that's actually we that's think, actually toxic, bro. It's toxic. Know, like how can toxic. we live with that level of distrust for the next human being, bro? And yeah, uh, but thankfully, dude. I turned into a lot better man, bro. I never turned up on it ever again. And I learned like far healthier ways of communicating with her, bro. And that, mm-hmm. that, those skills that I learned from her and in that relationship, I carry over into my household now, bro. That's dope. I, I, even, I even say, hey, yo, speak to me kinder when mom or dad turns up on me. I say, yo, that hurt me. Mm-hmm. You don't need to speak mm-hmm. to me like that. And you know, most decent human beings actually respond better to that that way of communicating. No facts. You know, you know, and as niggas, though we are scared, even with my homies, even though we are scared of a homie's reaction, nine times out of out of ten, uh, if if that man respects you, he's not gonna wild out, bro. You know, mm-hmm. if that man wilds out, well, then you know the type of man that you're dealing with. Definitely. definitely. And then, and you know. You can slowly filter him out your life. But yeah, mm. bro, it's this healing thing, gents. Yeah. But nah, you know bro, what? like we could. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. You know, I was saying, you know what I've noticed with like how what's helped me deal with a lot of issues? Like it's this thing where I've come to the conclusion that, you know, not everyone thinks the way you do. And you just have to accept mm. it. And when I feel like yeah, when, I, when I personally accepted that, and made it easier to not judge people or just be like, dude, why the hell would you do that? You know? Like, mm, yeah. Like you can't like you can't although you would expect someone because you would you would you, you would you would like to think that you surround yourself with people that are similar to you, that carry traits that you would like to have as an individual. But you know, human being as we are human beings, we can surprise you at any given at any, at any given moment. You know, so yeah. I think once I realized that um, not everyone thinks the way you do and acts the way that you do, I think that helped me a lot. You know, that's what I wanted to yeah. say. Nah, no, that's that's really positive, bro. That's really positive. And like I'm saying, you know, just to touch on what we were talking about with regards to like approaching a friend, you know, and having these kind of conversations. I just feel like if we normalize it amongst each other, bro, then everyone else will follow suit and it will just make everyone else better, you know, and will influence each other in a better way. You understand? Word, word bro. So, so yeah, like, that's what we need to do. Honestly, like amongst, you know, amongst the gents, like most of my homies, dog, I've become like, I've applied that method, dog. Confront. Confront the issue, mm. not the person, bro. Yes, like, yes, yes, you know, yes. Instead of saying, hey, yo, yo, T, you're a bitch, dog. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help, though. Why are you going to call me a bitch now? You know what I'm trying to say? I could say, yo, team, this thing you do of not replying my text, or... It's not dope, bro. Like, it hurts my dope, feelings, bro. Especially when you did it that, that, that one Wednesday, bro, there was a tone and a coldness in which you did it that hurt me that day. But it's still yeah, yeah. like, nah, bro, fuck that seeds, nigga. He yeah. <laughs> That nigga, that nigga a bitch, bro. I'm not trying that to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, nah. Nah, we really need to talk about these things more, no, man. I'm trying to say, like, this is this that, is a topic we could spend like three hours on, gents, no, but there's, 
there's, there's, there's something I wanna, I wanna close off with. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a topic of conversation we can spend hours on, but I just wanna, I wanna know your guys' brief feelings about it, right? Mm. So, obviously, um, you guys are quote unquote coloreds. I yeah. say quote unquote because. I I personally, I might get like some flack for this and some people might say I'm being racist or I'm misinformed or whatever. But for me personally, I feel like the term colored is a derogatory term. term sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it comes from the roots of, it's a derogatory term because of where it comes from and, mm. you know, why people were called that specific term. Yeah. Mm. So... Yeah, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in saying that. All I'm saying is it where it comes from is not a good place, right? Yeah. So, like, obviously, here we are now in 2020, and we we have this thing that I don't like where you have black people and colored people going at each other online about yeah. this and that when we don't really actually understand one another yeah. and where we come from, and we can't move forward unified yeah. Based on what we understand about our past, right? Yeah. So obviously, like the two of you are involved in industries and, and pathways that yeah. are predominantly like in those kind of spaces, there's predominantly black people, right? Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to know is like, how do you guys feel when you go online and stuff and then you hear or see people saying things like, oh, well, colored people uh only want to be black when they want to be rappers or colored people only want to be black yeah. when it comes to buying a pair of sneakers and stuff like that. Like what, what's your guys' opinion on that? Um, yo, Josh, you can't uh, press, bro. yo, this is a big, t- I, I've been on about this topic, bro, but uh, I'm, I'm going to let Josh, Josh, let, Josh, let Josh go first. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I just feel like it's, it's a place of ignorance from both parties, man. You know, like just looking at these, yeah. looking at these comments, it's like people haven't sat down and yeah. trying to to understand how each of these cultures have been brought up, you know, and that's mm-hmm. and that's this is because you know there was there was this thread that that came out on Twitter about a colored woman explaining colored culture, you yeah. Know? yeah, and then you could see how diverse our culture is, like mm-hmm. like you can see there's some there are there are black influences in our culture. There's Indian influences in our culture. There's white influences yeah. in our culture, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we've gotten to a point where we we don't... The, people just don't want to acknowledge the fact that our culture is made up of black influences. And that's, and that's just, and that's just yeah. how it is. You'll see a lot of colored, a lot of colored people will tend to say... Um, Yo, I'm half Latina, I'm half this, I'm half that, but they'll never say I'm half black, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> like where yeah. like I won't I won't lie to you, Patrick, which color people we know have Latin descent? Please, man. Please. But no one's fucking Latino, bruh. <laughs> like 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 it's either it's either you have black, you have black descendants, you either have Malay descendants or or British descendants. But it's that, also those, it's also it's also black niggas gassing these colored girls, bro. Like nasty C saying, "My colored girls looking Puerto Rican, eh?" Yeah, you see, you see now that's the now, yeah, see now that's another that's that's yeah that's a whole another issue. It's like even like even like black men calling colored women calamaries and Canadians and shit like that. You know, a lot of people will say that okay, cool, this is not really bothering me. 
Why are but, they called Canadians, bro? By the way, I heard calamaris. I'd never heard Canadians. My friend, yeah, but, Canadians, but, but I don't know why. Why are they called Canadians? I've heard but that. Yeah, because yeah, Tata, Tata, just to, I don't know. Yeah, but but Tata, just to answer, just to answer your question, I just think it's just the, the problem. The problem stems down to the fact that both parties are ignorant, and that's that. Yes, that they are both. Straight that, up. That, that's, that, why, that's, that's why I'm saying education is the most important thing. I don't know if you guys feel offended by me saying the term colored is derogatory. I don't mean the people or the culture or whatever, because no. there is a culture. You know, I'm just saying it's roots, bro. And based on books that I've read recently and stuff and conversations that I've seen or heard amongst that community, like yeah. people that don't like that term, bro. Yeah. You know? So uh, it's really... Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, okay. Because I think yeah, uh, this is a topic I've been like, I'm quite passionate about, but everybody knows I always speak about this in the family, mm. about like coloredness and blackness, teeth. Uh, I've had a, I've had a particular like interesting relationship with my colored identity because my dad's side of the family isn't like stereotypically colored in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, because uh, my granny is half white, half Zulu, right? Mm-hmm. So she grew up like Zulu speaking, and yeah. with the Zulu brothers and sisters. So I have Zulu cousins, and yeah. my grandfather was was the same, in the sense that uh, he's half black, half colored, and he grew up speaking this is Zulu as well. And we grew up slaughtering, and we grew up with our black family on my dad's side of the family. Uh, but my dad also and them, they grew up as coloreds now, you know? So my dad and them, though their parents have like that Zulu influence, they also grew up in that uh, that coloured, the coloured area of Group Areas Act. Yeah, yeah. where people now were forced into coloured areas and stuff like that. So because I had black family, I struggled with, with, with coloured racism. And also because uh, I wasn't like the fairest skinned colored, you know, mm, yeah. that also came with like a lot of discrimination. Um, but for me personally, I don't think, I think in South Africa, we need to realize that identity is very complicated, bro. Like yeah, yeah. no colored people uh, are colored. Like you can be black and be colored, bro. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like the 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 colored identity is very complicated, uh, but at the same time, like Josh says, I don't like this hate, bro. I don't like no. this hate between uh, colored and 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 black communities because I believe we are part of the same community, bro. Like, yeah, ultimately, colors from KwaZulu Natal, where we from, very influenced by like black culture, bro. No, like, facts. And, and, you know, that's like, just, and those are just facts, yeah. On our grooming habits, going to the barbershop every week. You know yeah. what I mean? From, like, the sneaker culture to the hip-hop to uh, even to the some food, of the, to the food. To the food. To the food. Like, we eat tripe. And yeah. uh, we even, even the slang we speak, bro. Colored people, we speak slang with a lot of Zulu words, dog. Mm-hmm. Things like uh, uh, guala and komba and... Uh, you know, all these things all come from Isizulu. So yeah. it's like we actually are so influenced by black culture, it's crazy. 
but it's just this uh this hatred that we have towards each other based on our, our differences in apartheid yeah you know? yeah yeah like some people passing as colored to get better privileges yeah. and uh those sorts of things and there also is a lot of anti-black mentality in the colored community you know and people don't admit to that. Some no, people don't. There is, there is a lot of anti-black, and I've I've witnessed it firsthand. I'm sure Josh has as well. Uh, I've I've heard some colored people say some foul things about black people. I just yeah. I just don't look at it in the same way as white racism. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. more like Uncle Ruckus racism. Mm. Do you understand? It's like yeah. here you are, people who are. You know, some facts for you, dog. You know, colored people by proportion, by percentage, are the most incarcerated group of people in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. A colored Crazy. man, by statistics, statistically speaking, is of most risk of getting murdered. Mm. So, you know, and that makes a lot of sense due to communities, our community setups, the, 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 how apartheid violently fucked up the structures of our homes. And for yeah. to live in large yeah. urban settlements, which they said mm-hmm. were better than black communities, which in a lot of ways were actually may have been a bit worse because they took away a lot of community fabrics, you know? Mm. So yeah. colored people, even my sister who's doing a thesis now on some economic shit on South Africa, says that uh, colored people and black people on the curve socioeconomically in South Africa are almost identical where they stand. It was slight privileges in apartheid, but those privileges were a lie, bro. Do you know yeah, what I'm trying yeah. to say? They were an illusion from the truth. It was and more the, of a it was more of a psychological uh privilege. It was more like yeah. when I say psychological, it's the it's the thing of 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 a white man saying, Well, you come from a white person, but you come from half a white person, so you're a bit you're a we can't call you black, so you're a bit better than black. Is what they is what they try to say. So now this psycholo- this systemic psychology is now stemmed down to so many people. Where how Patrick can say like a colored person and a black person were living in the shack next door neighbors, but because this colored person is so anti-black, you'll still That's you'll still feel like I oh, I am better than that black person, which is bullshit, bro. You guys are yeah, in the same bro. boat. Like what kind colored, of shit is that? A colored man can be can be darker than than a black guy, bro. Even have r- r- rougher texture of hair. Still call that guy an African or a coon, dog. Make no sense. Weird. You know, it's, it's weird. weird. So, but see, so and I don't bro, look at it as I don't. It doesn't make me angry anymore. It makes me concerned because it's not yeah, unlike yeah. unlike racism in white communities. Racism still benefits white people. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. It uplifts mm-hmm. them. Uh, or all racism does for colored people is traps them in a lie and it it doesn't help them understand about the realities of living in a black body or living in mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that that colored boy that got shot immediately the world the world saw a black boy they started tweeting black lives matter you know mm-hmm. because they identified with with his story and i just think that uh you know Though there are very a small, there are a small group of colored people that don't actually come from uh, from Africans, like mm. the Malays and the Arabs. 
but that's like a very small population, bro. Most of us come from black, black women and white men. That's but just bro, bad. you know what's crazy? What's crazy about what you're saying and what you said a bit earlier about how yeah. the, 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 the topic on colored culture and stuff is so complicated. Like, I remember when I met Josh, yeah? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to me, bruv, because I'd never met a colored person from KZN. You understand? Yeah. So I've <laughs> met colored people from Cape Town. I've met colored people from Joburg. So yeah. for me, it was kind of like a shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah. And when like man would tease Josh and stuff, like you'd laugh and shit, but you know, you're a young buck. So like, <laughs> you don't, you don't really understand what you're doing. You're actually being an idiot. Like you don't know yeah. that, like, you know, so after like meeting him, bro, it opened my eyes up to a lot of things, you know, and, 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 and made me go back and actually learn about the history of the colored community and stuff like that. Cause yeah. You know, it is complicated, bro, because I don't know if you guys know this, but like mm. in apartheid, right? When they first um, used that word, colored, right? Mm. It was subdivided into seven categories, bro. Mm. Seven. Mm. So you had white, black, colored, but like times seven. So it was divided into seven subcategories. Cape colored, so, colored. Bro, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it's so wild, dude. We need to educate ourselves understand who we are and you know just stop being so ignorant so we can move forward because bro honestly right now on both sides black and colored everyone's just being ignorant in my opinion so yeah bro and that's the thing i i just look at colors as members of the black community because we've lived back to you know what i'm trying to say we're a community that's how i view colored people we are uh do you know know what a a creole is tato nah nah we all are like you like are like your Jamaican communities, like your mixed Jamaican communities. Like yeah. when the, the 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 white people used to come on the ships, they brought the slaves, the Indians, and the blacks, and they made like yeah. a mixed community and they spoke their own language. But Creoles are all over the world, bro. Like Jamaican Creole, uh, Beyonce's mom's Creole in Louisiana. Um, but basically, Creoles are we, colored people are just a Creole community. Now, Creole, Creolization is is a term used to describe a process of mixing. Mm, so mm, other mm. people are basically, we're a large Southern African Creole community. Mm. That's what we are, you know? And yeah. making us a race wasn't necessary, bro. For me personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, if you're a colored person, I think you should be able to pick your identity, dog, because of you weren't given the chance to identify with who you are. You feel me? Mm, mm, but there are yeah. a lot of reasons. I understand not all colored people would want to identify as black because you get some colors that are mostly Indian, dog. Nah, you know, yeah, yeah. mostly yeah. Indian mixes or mostly Arab mixes. But uh, most of us from KZN, even though some of us are fairer skin, most of us just come from Zulu and whites. Mm. Facts. You know? And that's, and that's the stats. Yeah. Like, like Josh and I come from Zulu. Uh, Zulu, Kosa, uh, white, and a like a, a tad bit of Indian, yeah. but that's that that's like our our lineage, dog. Uh, but like, you know, I get the others. That's why for me, I identify as black. I know the culture came from, came down all the way from my Zulu grandmother, mm-hmm. in Mangueta, down into my culture now, you know. So like that's just that's just how we live, and that's why we are. 
That's why we identify so much with black culture. That's why we call each other niggas. And, mm. uh, 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 you know, like, it is what it is, bro. That's why yeah, black nah, people yeah. get along. Yeah. <laughs> you and I get along. Because we can mm-hmm. identify with each other. You feel me? Nah, yeah, I, we hear can, you. I hear you. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can, we can, we can, we can come, come to judge. Do you, do you feel like you're speaking to people you can't identify with? Nah, nah, not at all, bro. You get me? So it's like... Yeah. We just like, need- I won't lie. Yeah. I won't lie. Like, I have been in interactions and situations, even, like, in the workplace and stuff like that, like, where I've interacted with colored people who maybe don't identify as black or, yeah. you know, and I felt like I've had certain vibes, but, you know, as black people as well, I can't take someone else's ignorance personally, bro, and then just stereotype based on that one interaction that I had. Word, word, you understand word. what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, yeah bro, dude. like what you'll find we, what you'll find the teeds, what you'll find is teeds is that those colored people, we don't fuck with them either. Yeah. Yeah, we don't you know I mean? like Tanto, you like if you ever had to meet a colored person and me and Patrick, like say if I had to make a if I had to if I had to have a colored mate besides yeah. like if it was my cousin, if I had to have a specific colored mate, um, and I had to introduce them to my boys, to all you gents, like mm-hmm. best believe. I've done my research and how this person is. I'm not going to bring yeah, a person yeah, yeah. into my circle who, who is now, who is very anti-black. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't because you find it, like anti-black comments, they sting me, dog. Mm, yeah. Mm. They rub me you know the wrong mean? way. They sting me because I, I feel offended. I feel like you're offending me. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. also me as a guy and Josh also who's been incorporated into my family. He knows my granny. He knows all the people. Like, that's Josh's family too now. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. Say, you, you make anti-black comments, you, you're offending me, dog. And I'm yeah, saying, nah. if I'm Kuhn or Kafir or African, I don't feel comfortable in that space, dog. I feel mm. like, shit, I need to get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these aren't my people. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah. I can't bring these people home to Newcastle where we're all speaking Zulu. It's, 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 it's colored, it's black together you know what i mean so it's yeah, like bro. even this thing of colored people can't say nigger you know mm-hmm. some people it and say it's silly but i think underlying that it's a violent removal of colored people from the black community that's what they're yeah, it is. doing by using that it thing. is there's and really an element of it that is that is that's that's true you know that's why that's why i don't fuck with it that's why i i'm like yo that's very dangerous what you're doing you just mm. throwing around this this thing. Because and it's like, dude, there are many colored people that identify with black. And most of most of us, dog, by virtue of the fact that we have curly hair or big noses or big bums or whatever, are judged on blackness. Mm-hmm. You know? We're judged, we're judged on blackness. But apartheid by labeling us colored have taken us out, have taken our ability or our confidence in laying claim to that pain. Mm. you understand so pain that we assume that's because we're colored is actually pain because we're people that descend of black people you know what i'm trying to say yes we are mixed but if we were mixed with japanese and arab our life would be different bro if we were mixed with whites and i don't know mexican our lives Mm. would be different but because we're mixed with black they put us in wentworth they put us mm. in big flats. They put mm. us in, you understand what I'm trying to say? 
yeah. a lot of people don't realize that a, a lot of their reality is actually got to do with their blackness, why their lives are the way they are. And instead of accepting it, because acceptance of something sometimes brings power. It's yeah. power when you can accept a part of who you are and a part of your history. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're completely denying a very critical and consistent part of your history, that, that leaves you in a very dangerous place, bro, for my opinion. Yeah. You know? Nah, that's crazy, bro. Gents, honestly, I think we can talk about this for five hours. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think a, day, a day will come when, you know, when Pat is back in the city and we're all together, we'll definitely uh, sit down and talk more on this, you know, yeah. because yeah. it's really, it's re- it's a really important topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. But gents, yeah, I've really had a good time today. Yeah, likewise. Um, likewise. Shit, thank you guys. Yeah, this is actually therapeutic, dog. This felt good. Dog, that's why, like, there's a moment where I forgot that we're actually recording this, and I just yeah. felt like I'm with the homies yeah. having a convo. Then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know before yeah. the, the episode becomes a three-hour episode but yeah, yeah man yeah, like yeah. it's really therapeutic and 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 i really learned a lot actually yeah. on on the perspectives that you guys had on various different um um situations and mm. and, and, and and topics you know um but yeah gents before you guys go uh pat faded where can we find you the listeners and what are your what are your what are your immediate plans for the future for the short term future? Uh oh shit! Should we didn't listen to that fifty clerk? Damn it! That's that's coming. That's coming. Yeah, we're about to you, drop. We're about to drop fifty clerk on Friday. I'm dropping a single. It's gonna be yeah. big. It's gonna be huge. Uh and you can find me on Instagram, Pat Faded, lower casing, no spacing. Twitter, Pat Faded, lower casing, no spacing. Uh yeah. SoundCloud, all streaming platforms, you can find me. Um, literally everything, dog. Unless you're using some weird Russian, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you can yeah. find me, bro. Uh, Pad faded. Fakaza. Fakaza. I've got a My track. Oh, wait. They didn't ask me for it, but it just it just ended up. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and yeah, Josh, bro, what you saying? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Josh Dunn, Josh dot Dunn, triple underscore. Um, um, on Twitter, you can find me Joshua Dunn, double underscore at the at the end. Um, yeah, dude, my 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 plans for the future. The, I'm moving the sneaker vault to Shanghai in China, so that's hey. in the in the works. Wavy, wavy, wavy. And yeah, so man, so I'll be moving to China in November. Yeah. fucking excited for this for this experience that i'm about to have and yeah man i can just all i can say is that like my content's gonna keep on coming and i'm definitely gonna bring up some fire content man so yeah mm. all right now nah, that's dope gents thanks so much for coming actually before we go because I, I i actually want to listen to this while pat is yeah i just want to hear a snippet yeah. of fuck the clack let's go bro it's three minutes just, just let it run it's like two all right let's go seconds. Let's run this shit. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Stack those racks. Push that word. Zero fucks. Pop the clip. Stack those racks. Push that word. 
zero fucks, pop the clip, stack those racks, push that work, zero fucks, pop the clip, stack those racks, push that work, zero fucks, pop the clip, pop the clip, grab a nigga by his collar, and if that boy wanna rock with us, then we really got no problem, ain't a shame to move a caution, much rather be calculated than slowly low it in the coffin, we be all about the Cause with time and I'll emerge To the realest that they've seen on this whole earth Love yourself, know your worth Stack those racks, push that work Zero fucks, pop the clip Stack those racks, push that work Zero fucks, pop the clip Stack those racks, push that work Zero fucks, pop the clip Stack those racks, push that work. Zero fucks, puff the clip. Puff the clip, always ready for a challenge. Button down with the kick, son. What you know about this action? Are you really with the passion? Are you gonna put this passion? This drink on poor self. Baby, tell me what must happen. Shit, move with the strength of a beast. Beast of a beast of a beast. We go beast till we eat. Sheesh, fuckers gonna see. Shit, we never fade in the heat. Um, because this this episode actually it might drop after the track has been released. Yeah. So all I want to say is for my listeners that don't know Pat Faded, please go and check out this track Fuff to Clack. It's hard as you guys just heard, and yeah. yeah. Also his other projects as well. Really dope artist, and I'm not just saying that because you you you're a close friend of mine, or basically family oh, yeah. actually. But yeah, guys, go and check that out, and um, yeah. Thank you so it's much, too, bro. And, Shout uh, out. Thanks for having us, man. More, 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 more. Maintain the design, baby. We maintain it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I hope this is not the last time, gents. Like, ah, no, you guys are welcome on the definitely. show anytime. You know? oh, yeah. Definitely not, man. Definitely we appreciate not. That. Yeah. We appreciate that, yeah, my nah. brother. All right, stay blessed, homies. <laughs>